One of the common misconceptions that we have is that there's this element of inhumanity once you get to a certain level of success, quote unquote, which I think some people very much embody. But a lot of the people who I know who are incredibly materially successful are also some of the most kind, compassionate, empathetic, worldly, just human people. I think we have this sometimes belief that there are only these elite few who are able to be up at the top and to get there, they had to be cutthroat and therefore they're going to be judgmental of me because I'm not perfect. And if that's the case, why don't I even try? I think oftentimes if we're not comfortable with who we are as people and we're not comfortable with our own story and experience and really what we bring to the table and not comfortable acknowledging the learning that's taking place every day as a part of the journey, we can get so stuck on those stories that we let those hold us back from truly achieving the potential that we want and the the life's purpose that we're seeking. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 190 with the connection cultivator, Emily Mishler. This is squadron leader confirming hostiles inbound. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, connector of amazing people and great ideas, and joining me as co-host in this session is Andy Dix, coach for executives, founders, and social entrepreneurs. Of course, this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. So, okay, here we are, right in the middle of the holidays, and I think this year especially, uh, many are taking the time to reflect on this past year and you know be thankful for for what they have and and with the COVID nineteen vaccine starting to, to hit the population, twenty twenty one is shaping up to be a year of execution. I think for many who spent the last year, like myself, uh, reevaluating their lives and their businesses. However, not everyone has had the opportunity to get used to the new Zoom ecosystem that a lot of us are using. And in fact, a lot of young professionals actually have felt that they've had to hit pause this last year on, on the developing their careers. And I remember exactly where they might be because when I was getting started as a young professional myself, I had a really small network. And in fact, it wasn't until a couple of years after college that I really started hitting my stride when it came to networking. So as we start this new year, I think with this conversation that we're having with Emily today is timely for those who might want to step their networking game up this next year, especially Listen in as Andy and I uh, learn from Emily how she's been able to really capitalize on her natural gifts to get to where she's at today. More specifically, we're going to be talking about insights on jumpstarting a career as a young professional, uh, misconceptions young professionals have about networking, and how someone can focus on a passion and leverage it correctly to start a new career. But before we get into the conversation, I want to remind you guys about Uncover Your Personal Mission. And in this chat with Emily, you know, we're, we're going to be learning how she was able to follow her passion through the years. And through that passion, she's been able to find her purpose. And however many people don't follow their passion or purpose, 
when it comes to their career. And typically speaking, many of those folks are unfulfilled when it comes to the work that they're currently doing. And if you don't like what you do, there's a good chance you're going to be part of the 71% of people who are looking for career change or to change employers or, or something like that. And maybe it's actually time not to do that, but it's time to instead focus on making a difference and focus on your own passion, purpose, and process so that you can be fulfilled by how you're actually earning your profit. And so if that sounds like something that might be a good next step, I have a free resource for you. It's actually a workbook called Uncover Your Personal Mission. Might be exactly what the doctor ordered. And in it, I walk you through the process of defining your own passion, purpose, and your own unique process, which are really the three Ps of your personal mission. And once you have learned about yourself, it's really going to be that much easier for you to plan your own mission to accomplish what only you can in this world. So again, if you want to find your own three Ps, you can grab this guide for free. Again, it's a workbook more so than anything else at newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. And again, that's newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. As always, we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on the conversation. Simply tag us on social media and let us know what you think. Uh, also, be sure to leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening to the show on. Uh, doing so, we not only get you involved in what we're talking about today, but will help you other people find the show. And in fact, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll be sure to read it in an upcoming session. And while you're at it, subscribe to the show as well. That way you'll be notified whenever a new podcast is available. Uh, also remember, if you need help in scaling your business, drop us a message at heyguysatnewinceptions.com with any of your questions. Uh, whether you need advice and uh, doing something bigger or better or a strategic introduction to other amazing people, uh, we love to hear from you guys and help in any way that we can. And uh, show notes and show net extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 190. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is JC Preston alongside Andy Dix, executive coach for visionaries, founders, and idealists. Hope you're having a great day. Andy, sir, it's been a while. How are you doing these uh, days of the early fall of 2020? Wow, JC, you know, it's hard to believe we're already in fall and, you know, here in Indiana, the crops are turned color to brown, getting ready for harvest time. It's just crazy how quickly this COVID summer disappeared on us. So let's hope fall is going to uh, lead to a bountiful harvest for us all. How about that? Right. Yeah. No, this, this entire year, you know, I keep thinking with the, the kids being home since March, right? And some of them have most of them have gone back in some some capacity. Um, I think it's just flown by for everybody, just the year in general. And you know, it's just it's just. I just think about that kind of things. You know, when you're when you're walking the dog after a long day at work, and it's just like, man, today flew by. Heck, this entire year flew by. So, yeah, it's just it's it's pretty nuts. Yeah, and you know, I I notice some skills are getting better. You know, I I think uh, listening using technology, I, I've developed a much better habit of doing that and staying focused and, you know, not getting distracted and shutting off all the notifications and things like that. But actual physical networking, you know, I, boy, that skill has atrophied because it's been forever since I've been to an event or uh, a conference or anything like that, or given a keynote speech, for example. 
you know, I, I think we're all going to need to get back into practice. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're right. No, some of the times that I do go into the, uh, into the co-working spaces that we're familiar with, you know, it's just, it's, it's nice to be in those spaces again, but at the same time, you know, when you're seeing people you haven't met for a while, it's, you know, there's the mask and it's just like, yeah, I guess we're still in 2020. So yeah, it's just, you know, um, just one of those things. And, you know, because we haven't been actually able to meet in person, one of the things that I've recently been doing is, is diving headfirst into uh, networking online. And in fact, for the last couple of months, I've been trying to go to a few online networking groups uh, through Zoom. And there's a great one that's actually based out of Chicago that I try to attend at least uh, once a week, if not twice a week. And then there's a few other communities that have been available online, including um, one that's called SPI Pro, which is put on by the SPI media team. SPI, of course, being Smart Passive Income with Pat Flynn. And as I've been going down this particular path, you know, there's something that I've always, I've been realizing, you know, real results come from real relationships and real conversations. And, you know, whether that's through sales or just networking, it really helps when people feel like they're part of your tribe. And not just a part of your tribe, but, you know, really a contributing part. And today we're actually speaking with someone I think can attest to that quite a bit. And through her business, the Cultivated Group, she connects impactful ideas and opportunities to provide access, action, and, and ignite equity to change the, and preserve, preserve our world. In other words, she's a power connector. And like myself, she is a product of Purdue. But unlike myself, she learned that networking was something she could do while she was there that would pay dividends in her career moving forward. And it wasn't until after I graduated that I realized I would be, that I should be intentionally meeting people. So I'm really looking forward to learning about this uh, particular path of hers and how she's been able to leverage all of those connections throughout her career. And today we're actually speaking with Emily Mishler, who can be found at thecultivatedgroup.co. Emily, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's great to be here. Total pleasure. So, Emily, needless to say, you're a bit of a, an, a, an achiever. We'll say that. I don't want to call you an overachiever, but like myself and many other students, you, you know, Purdue is where you went to school, but you double majored and you, you, you actually got in and got out pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> it took you, as a double major, half the time that it went for me to get figure out what I wanted to do and get my one bachelor's degree. Uh, however, unlike your traditional student, you were involved in a ton of positive initiatives. For example, in your spare time, uh, you were a title holder with uh, Miss America and worked with the 500 Festival here in Indy. And let's not forget that during all this time, you were a very entrepreneurial type person as well. So Tell us a little bit about Emily growing up, uh, why Purdue, and based on what you know about the traditional student life, you know, how are you able to be so productive during a period in your life where many students, many people are like, oh, those are, what your, those are your whatever years. Don't worry about it. You're figuring out yourself. Sure. So I've always had this kind of insatiable curiosity. Um, I don't know exactly where it's come from. I do know that it's always kind of been inherently a part of who I am and how I've operated. So I've always loved figuring out, okay, what's actually at the root of this problem and how are we gonna figure out how to fix this? And reverse engineering things is something that I've always loved doing. So um, I think my path in that way has always been kind of traditional because complacency and kind of the quote unquote norm hasn't necessarily been my normal speed. So leaning into my upbringing group in Indiana, had an awesome experience 
grew up on a farm um, and was outside all the time on tech minimally. And that's something that even though we're in this age of technology, I still try and keep as a standard practice for myself when I can, because I found that being off tech for me is rejuvenating. And it's really a part of the, a part of the holistic life experience that I want to have. I found that I'm more creative, productive, happy, fulfilled, and not only my work relationships and what I bring to the table professionally, but also as a person and in my personal relationships as well. So um, very much lean into being off tech and have my entire life. But when I went to Purdue, I actually was between Andy. I think you'll love this. I was between Purdue and IU. Um, I knew I wanted Big Ten. I knew I wanted in-state. I went to IU and just on a college visit and I thought the campus was amazing. I was like, okay, this could be awesome. But I then a couple of weeks later went to Purdue's campus and immediately just felt like I was home. And I knew that at that point, the decision was already made. I went to school completely undecided, had no idea what I wanted to do, but I did know that I, again, was curious. And that curiosity has always led me not only to push the envelope and kind of see what I could get away with in healthy ways, but also, um, just to lean in and try new things that maybe I'll fail, maybe not, you never know. And that has always led me towards the right next step. So it was kind of taking calculated risks and staying very open while also just keeping the, like the big life goals that I had. I mean, at the age of what, 17, 18, when you're going to college, um, keeping those at the forefront of the decisions I was making, I knew that that curiosity and that openness and jumping into things despite what major I chose would really serve me. So when I went to campus, one of my goals was to be able to choose a major. I ended up choosing two in completely different colleges. So graduated with a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Science with a minor in art and design. So very much design focused and creative communication people space with the understanding that eventually I would likely get some kind of a graduate or professional degree because I wanted something with a little bit more business foundation to be able to kind of round out my formal education just for myself. Um, so leaning into those things, I knew that again, that, that curiosity was going to drive likely. And the best way that I knew how to figure out what was, what I wanted to continue involved in my life, what I was really good at, what I wanted to do, the best way for me to figure out what that path was to jump, was to jump into as many things that felt aligned as possible and sort it out. I mean, if something fit, it fit really well. So I ended up Mm. Um, kind of like you said, JC, getting involved in the Miss America organization, serving as a title holder. I was an RA for three years. I was involved in a sorority, president of Purdue's largest student group, um, was, was all over the place. And I think, I think it's just about prioritizing because for me, my, I'm, I'm not even out of my twenties yet, you know, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's about like losing time or about these like lost years that you can throw away. I just think it's about making the most of whatever opportunity and whatever experience you want to have and making decisions that are in alignment with, with whatever you choose. Well, let's re re-engineer or let's say reverse engineer your success here just a little bit, Emily, because what I'm hearing you say is you found a very diverse group of people to plug into and to, to form these meaningful relationships with, whether it was with the Miss America organization, the 500 festival, the various groups that you were involved with on campus, et cetera. But they were very different. In fact, you chose two different schools of thought, literally, to double major in. So if we reverse engineer this success, how can and should a young professional successfully leverage the power of their network 
to, to build something that they're going to be really proud of? Not sure if I have the formula for the should, but I do have my own experience and different elements of that that have helped me to be more successful. And authenticity and leading with that and a genuine, genuine introduction and genuine presentation has always served me right. And like for me, that's that's the best practice for sure. I mean, people don't want to talk to a robot. They don't want to talk to somebody who is a projection of who you think you should be. They want to talk to you and they want to get to know your story. And to be vulnerable, especially when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, trying to figure out what you quote unquote want to do for the rest of your life, having that level of confidence to be able to openly share things like that while also putting your best foot forward can feel really scary. But I think connecting in a really human way is going to be one of your biggest assets moving forward. So for me, that was once I realized that I didn't have to be a projection of anybody else's idea of success, I could simply be myself and I could simply show up as the insatiably curious, positive, driven woman that I am. And that's enough. That changed the game for me because I was able to get over the mental obstacles that I was creating for myself and really just show up in a way that served everyone throughout each situation. So leading in that way and approaching situations in that way made it possible for me to expand my own network from a place of authenticity, which has completely changed the game as I've been a young professional. It has opened doors that have, they've not only opened, they've just flung. I mean, they have just flung and I am one who sees an opportunity and runs through, runs through that door because I also know that our, and I firmly believe that our time here is limited and we have the opportunity to, at different points in our lives, choose so many different things that I, I typically don't say no to opportunities like that. So that was kind of a long winded way to answer your question, but I do think that that element of authenticity and, and leaning with a genuine presence is really important. Well, and what you're talking about is relatively, I think, rare for most young people that, that you had this insatiable curiosity that drove you to, to really try to understand the people you're engaged with. But there's a lot of people that are really sort of afraid, to use a better word, uh, of reaching out and connecting with people, especially in real physical space, not just virtually. What do you think are the common misperceptions or hangups that younger people in your peer group have about networking and its power? I believe a lot of it's just about self-confidence and self-worth. Um, a lot of people are afraid of judgment. They're afraid of, and I, I mean, I can speak to these things because I too have been afraid of them. And I, I mean, sometimes I get freaked out too, but I think oftentimes the mindset that we have is incredibly scarce and it's either this opportunity or nothing. And we restrict ourselves based on the way that we choose to perceive situations, whether or not we even know that we have a conscious choice in the way that we're perceiving them. So for instance, I go to a networking event, my hands are clammy, I'm nervous for that first handshake. I'm, my voice is quivering. I mean, I'm nervous, but I'm also getting ready and preparing to breathe deeply and approach someone in a VP position at a company I wanna work with. Um, for an initial introduction, it's completely cold. I mean, I'm scared, but I'm still going for it. And I think one of the common misconceptions that we have is that 
um, there's this element of inhumanity once you get to a certain level of success, quote unquote, which I think some people very much embody. But a lot of the people who I know who are incredibly material, materially successful are also some of the most kind, compassionate, empathetic, worldly, just human people. I think we have this sometimes belief that in order to be successful, you have, it's, I mean, it, it certainly can be lonely at the top, I'm sure, but there are only these elite few who are able to be up at the top and to get there, they had to be cutthroat and therefore they're going to be judgmental of me because I'm not perfect. And if that's the case, why don't I, I even try? I think oftentimes if we're not comfortable with who we are as people and we're not comfortable with our own story and experience and really what we bring to the table and not comfortable acknowledging the learning that's taking place every day as a part of the journey, we can get so stuck on those stories that we let those hold us back from truly achieving the potential that we want and the, the life's purpose that we're seeking. So I think the common misconception is that it's other people's judgment who we're afraid of and that is holding us back when in reality, legitimately our own perspectives mm, very good very good well that's interesting like okay so you know here's the thing i i was actually you want to believe this but you know my undergrad was in engineering and <laughs> for a good part of the time there you know here i am believing that i'm an introvert and i i believed it because i was abnormally socially awkward and I kind of always had that different, like I've always been different, but I didn't really realize that it was because of how I saw the world versus like how like kind of like more of a dreamer versus more of an action taker and just doer sort of thing. And because of that, you know, I, I, I've had a lot more time to think and introspect about how I should approach situations and overthink and just, you know, all kinds of just silly things that, that traditionally what introverts tend to do. And it, you know, it really wasn't until recently that I realized that I'm actually not an in introvert. I'm actually an ambivert. And, you know, I'd say that many people who believe they are introverts, you know, based on the fact that they're not extroverts also believe that they can't do many things that extroverts can. And one of those things is networking. And Purdue, being more of a, a tech-oriented school, networking, I mean, you don't think of networking, obviously, in high school, and you might think of it in college, but networking wasn't something that was really taught to us. And in fact, many students are lucky to actually work in a productive group setting, you know, not one that has like a super partner where he does everything, right, or she does everything. And even then, those groups are generated by the, by luck or or by the instructor. And so, you know, if someone is just now starting to get to the idea that networking is a big deal to their overall success, you know, how might they devise a strategy uh, to build uh, one for themselves, you know, a network for themselves, and possibly, you know, a new business based on their new network. So it's hard for me to speak to strategy without more context, right? But I think it's really important for you to figure out, okay, and and, and not even like manufacture the five-year plan, right? For me, if you would have told me five years ago that I would be doing what I'm doing, I wouldn't have called you crazy, but I don't think I would have believed you. 
Because at that point, the mentors and people in my life who truly believed in me, believed in me so much more than I believed in myself that I couldn't even conceptualize that this would have, would be a possibility, particularly before I reached my late twenties, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, as, as you are leaning into building you know, your network and figuring out how you're going to get from point A to point B, leave some room for creativity, but also don't get so focused on the end goal that you forget the humanity that is a huge piece and really the only piece of networking. I mean, yes, there is a lot of strategy, certainly, but in my, in my opinion, and in my own experience, if you're not leading with authenticity and you're not leading with that genuine foot, people smell right through that. And a lot of times you won't get the same introductions and you won't get the benefits of networking as readily available or accessible as if you did, if you were presenting as yourself and or the person that you're growing into. Mm-hmm. And I think something that is has been a common theme through many of our conversations, but more so with um, younger, younger successes. And, you know, it's just been really interesting. Um, you use the word mentor there. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people really know how to find a mentor until they get to the point where it's something that might be used in a corporate setting right um in fact i knew i'd heard of the term but really didn't consider some of the examples that i had seen in my previous in my life up to that point great example is mr miyagi with daniel Right, the whole Karate Kid thing. One of the, re- I think that in that relationship, I always thought that was interesting to me that their their dynamic and just kind of bringing that up because of the whole Cobra Kai thing with with Netflix right now. And I finally am watching the series. And anyway, that's besides the point. But the thing is, is that like I I'd always really appreciated that movie until the the Matrix came out. And then when I was a junior in high school, you know, we kind of all boycotted the 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 the, the prom and went to go watch The Matrix. I that's something I just remembered, but that's another story altogether there too. Point being though is that in both of those movies, those are both re- mentor slash apprentice relationships, right? Mr. Miyagi with Daniel, and then Morpheus with Neo, right? And you know, you really do not see that type of relationship in the mainstream society as much as you might have, I don't know, a hundred years ago or so, right? Because again, that whole master apprentice thing moved more into teacher, students, leader, followers. And so I think one of the things, again, that you were, you were getting to is that not only do you have to strive to find out you know connect with those that are similar to you but also learn from people that have already been where you're trying to be yep and the people who invested in me particularly within the entrepreneurial space or within the creative space or digital marketing space even fundraising i mean whatever we're trying to tackle i'm not the first one to try and solve these problems So a lot of times the people within my own network who have been the most generous, helpful, and kind as I'm continuing to grow and we're continuing to grow these companies, especially are people who can shorten the curve for us. 
And a lot of times if we have that genuine human connection that is warm and fostered and something that we've really been intentional about continuing, it's, it's just an extension of the relationship to be able for them to be able to help shorten the curve for us, which not only saves time, but helps us get where we're going. And because of the nature of the impact-based work that we do, that means that we're helping more people. So by nature of that, everybody wins. And I, I do think that you're, you're right in that it doesn't look the same from the master apprentice perspective. It doesn't look the same that it did 100 years ago, but I do think people are seeing the value there in having mentors, particularly within the entrepreneurial and kind of personal development space. And I do think a lot of people are willing to, to give and invest their time. One of the common mentor type comments is especially for young people to to follow your passion and your passion didn't lead directly to just one endeavor it it turned out to be a multi-lane highway and you're now involved with three different endeavors as an entrepreneur uh which is really exciting and and very uh unique i think for most people who are just kind of getting started on this career path what advice would you have to someone who maybe has multiple passions and is really having a hard time focusing on a single passion because they feel like if I focus on one, it's going to be at the expense of ignoring the others that are equally important to them? I mean, I think their concern is warranted because at the end of the day, that's true. You can't prioritize three things at once and expect them all to be. You can't. I mean, I don't think it's possible for you to be able to do your best at everything all the time. Not all time. And sometimes I think we have this kind of robotic expectation of what we can achieve or pursue or do. And this is coming from someone who at a younger age has, has done a lot. And I, um, I have really high expectations for myself and for our team and our productivity and what we do and the quality of work that we do. But there are seasons for everything. And even within the context of life, there's a natural ebb and flow to all of those seasons. I mean, today, the day we're recording this, the first day of autumn, which reminds us how beautiful it can be to actually let things go. And I don't necessarily think that the ebb and flow of natural processes is a part of the conversation within the entrepreneurial space, especially when you are multi-passionate, because the goal is always results. The goal is always the bottom line. The goal is always profitability. The goal tends to always be a measurable business number that we're looking at as far as revenue generation or higher retention or something like that. And at the end of the day, I think it's really important to have more of a multidimensional conversation, especially when you're starting out, because yes, absolutely, the bottom line matters, but make sure that you're also measuring the other priorities that you have. And there may be seasons at which you, you focus on building one business a little bit more than the other. Maybe it's a little bit more of like a 30, 20, 50 ratio rather than a 33, 33, 33. Mm -hmm. And um, just knowing that, and, and two, that also goes back to self-awareness and self-confidence a little bit like we were talking earlier. I mean, yes, be multi-passionate and yes, pursue those passions, but don't allow yourself to fully tank one just because you're focusing on one. It's, it's not necessarily a balance, I don't think, but I do think the juggling act and it's important for you to know how much you can give at what point and what your biggest priorities are for that season. 
Mm-hmm. So as we're as we're closing out the 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 conversation here and and getting closer and closer to the end of of the year of COVID and finding actually getting very close to finding a vaccine, you know what what are some of the things that you're looking forward to exploring as we're moving into 2021, where things are starting to look like they're going to be opening back up and and really. What has have you felt has been your pandemic pivot? So I, our companies are completely location independent. So for me, 2020 has very much been a great geographical stabilizing, foundation setting, different kind of year than I certainly ever would have expected. But it has been such a gift because we've really been able to set the foundation right for the operation that we're building. I mean, Three companies simultaneously isn't necessarily something that I would recommend to everyone, but it's been such a cool experience for us. And um, I'm really looking forward eventually once things are a little more certain and a little more understood to start traveling again. I'm so excited to jump on a plane when the time is right. I don't think that's yet, but we will see what ends up happening before the end of the year. Um, I'm I'm really eager for that. I'm also excited for our companies to feel a little bit more stable and not necessarily, I, I'm not implying any kind of stagnant nature by any means, um, because right now we are very much in a growth phase, but the uncertainty that can come with entrepreneurship can feel scary sometimes, especially in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so I'm, ex- I'm really excited to, to be leaning in in the ways that we are. Um, that's something that really brings me joy and fulfillment and to be able to be fulfilling our mission while serving our clients, while making the world better, while launching new things. It's what I'm all about. Um, so leaning into that, I think my biggest pivot throughout the, throughout 2020 and throughout the pandemic has actually been our business model. Um, we were serving clients in a few different capacities, some were retainers, some were hourly, some were project-based. It looked totally different. We've completely revamped everything that we're doing. Um, And it's not only freed up a lot of space and created a lot of space for me to be creative, but also our team. Uh, We've gotten really strategic in the SOPs that we're implementing. Uh, We've gotten really strategic in the ways that we are spending our time. So we're we're not just flailing about trying to figure out what the next thing is going to be. I mean, we have our foundation set in a really fluid way with the fluid framework that we that again, we're leaning into. So I'm excited that for us, it feels like we are out of the weeds and beginning again, kind of as this new season is coming and we're also beginning a season of newness. That is really uh, exciting to hear, you know, Uh, nothing like starting three companies during a pandemic to really test the thought process behind the whole thing. That's exciting. We have reached the conclusion of our interview and we we have this final segment that we call the rapid fire questions and all that means is we ask you the questions really fast but you can take as long as you want to answer them and so i'm going to start off with the first rapid fire question and that is going back to networking what is your favorite opening line for networking you know I don't really have anything consistent that I lead with, but I think if I had to choose something on the spot, it would probably be some kind of a lame joke or something like you want to go grab a drink, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like making light of the fact that networking can itself like by nature, what it is be awkward. Let's just like, I don't, I don't drink alcohol, but like 
let's go grab some juice, you know, let's go grab something from the bar, whatever, and make light of how uncomfortable this could be because I like breaking the ice and getting, at least helping myself to feel a little more comfortable as well as whomever I'm speaking with. So not only making yourself comfortable, but also you're, you're trying to reach out to make them feel comfortable being with you as well. Yeah. Let's just bring some light to the situation. Let's not focus on how weird it can be. <laughs> the, That's awkward, excellent. the awkwardness. That's excellent. So if you could add one song, one book, and one film to the national curriculum, what would those be? Um, I think the book would be The Alchemist. Mm. The movie would be Eat, Pray, Love. And a song. Let's go with uh, Stevie Wonder's Don't You Worry About a Thing. <laughs> that is a great pick. Thank you. So what's something that you've been learning about recently that you're super excited to implement? Um, there's a lot. I mean, I think with any person who has a lot of interests and also digs into those interests, there's always something to talk about. Um, but something that we've really been leaning into from a company perspective and also from a personal perspective for me is the publishing industry. So I recently published under a pen name, my first three books. And learning not only about the children's book industry, which is where we are, but also about the intricacies of each of kind of the different publishing options and what that looks like and what the best routes for marketing are going to go. I mean, I, I, we've, we've talked a lot about kind of self-exploration and also exploration of industry on this, on, in, during this conversation so far, but that itself has been so fulfilling and just so cool to be able to lean into as a project and a piece of furthering my own personal life's mission and also what our companies are doing. So I'm excited to lean further into that and, and continue to grow that for, for me and also for us. Nice. Um, what's one thing that every high school student must know? This sounds cliche and I know a lot of people don't believe in cliches, but your only limit is you. And I do understand that I am certainly coming from a place of privilege in saying this. So Take that as you will, but truly your only limit is you and the, and the ways that you choose to not only perceive things, but also um, pursue those beliefs through action. And mm -hmm. I, I wish that more conversations were had about that throughout high school curriculum. And finally, what's it mean to live a life of abundance? You know, I don't even know if I have an answer for that one because I don't know what it means. I feel like I'm right in the, I, it, for me, it's a lifelong journey, right? But also I feel like I'm right in the middle of, or maybe on the cusp of figuring some of that out myself. Um, but I do know it's a life impact and it's, it's building things that will outlast your own life for the purpose of making the world better. And to me, I know what it feels like and it feels really freaking good. Um, and that's, I mean, that's what I want to lean into for the rest of my career. Not always is it going to be rainbows, butterflies, sparkles, the whole shebang, but I do know what true, honest goodness feels like. You know, it, there's an old saying that fish discover water last. And, and I think when we asked you the question about abundance, I think you're already experiencing it, but you're so busy. You haven't maybe taken the time to really label it as such. 
uh, with three companies and and all the things that you're doing and the good that you're trying to bring into the world. So I, I think uh, if you look around, you'd recognize something that maybe we would call abundance. Yeah, I feel like I do feel like I'm living it. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just um, and I certainly am grateful for it too. You know, it's just, I think a matter of recognizing our the gifts that we all have and leaning into those and using those for, for good and appreciate and, and showing that gratitude through action. I think you're absolutely right, Andy. I'm, I'm so appreciate you saying that. Awesome. Well, Emily, this has been a blast. Uh, again, you can be found at the cultivated group.co. Uh, where can people find you on the socials? Yeah. If you want to jump on Facebook or Instagram, follow, or um, just watch along to the cultivated group. We are just at the cultivated group on Instagram and Facebook you want to follow along with the children's book series that I mentioned, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Esme the Curious Cat. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you both. Take care. You too. So there you have it. Hopefully that conversation gives you some new ideas to consider as we're moving into 2021. So you have a better chance of uh, building your network and, and, Obviously, your career would be a side effect of that. Uh, while this might have been one of our shorter chats, actually, I think there's a lot of uh, useful knowledge here. One of the things that I think was a big takeaway is that the more you learn how to leverage your own individualism, uh, really the better off you're going to be in uh, business and in life, uh, especially as we move into what I'm now calling the PAE, the, the pandemic adjusted economy. The more I hear it, the more people are like looking for people that actually have true stories and not these businesses that treat them like just another number. So just something to consider as we're moving forward. For the show note extras, we have a selection of interviews of her on other shows. However, before we go there, um, I actually have a short video from Purdue where she's highlighted as Miss Purdue 2014. And then in it, others share how she actually got to that point. And then Emily herself, she talks about how she was able to leverage the, the title to impact others in the Purdue community and beyond. If you want to take that conversation with Emily further, though, I think the interview she does with Ken Jocelyn is probably the next step. And in it, she continues the dialogue about working with those who match you and in, in your own mission. Uh, after that, the next interview on the Joss and Joe show has more about how she manages her different businesses, but she also goes a little bit more into how we can develop her own curiosity. And also, if you wanted to learn more about the children's books that she's been writing, um, they get into that conversation as well. And last but not least is chat with Olga and Paul on the A Lot Raw uh, TV platform. And then they discuss an interesting subject called the, the Creative Society. And with everything that you know, Emily has going on these days, it's very understandable to see why they had her on their show to actually talk about everything that's going on with what they're doing and how Emily would fit into that. So again, you can check those out and the other show notes at newinceptions.com slash 190. And really, that's just wrap for session 190. Remember, if you're wanting to learn how to embrace your own personal mission and do meaningful work that you love, and it might make sense to actually do your own personal inventory. You can do so today by grabbing my workbook and cover your personal mission and look at some of the options that make sense for you to pursue as a potential business. Again, you can find it at newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. So with that said, thanks for spending some time with Emily, Andy, and me. Till next session, dig in, have fun, and take care of whatever you're creating. 
and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at newinceptions, Instagram at new.inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.